B2B podcast. All right. I'm, I'm so pumped about this one. What are we talking about? Huh? Guys, what do you guys it, think? It, it's August 17th. You don't have an idea of what we should be covering? What's topical? Nothing? Nothing's topical? Chris, you're not doing sales calls these days? podcast goosedigital.com episode 65 who do we have robin crow chris o'neill evan butler michael turksani i didn't get a chime in so i think i got that right 56 but <laughs> oh, 56. <laughs> close enough, close enough. Right, right right numbers just reversed right just reversed okay yeah. all right. uh all right hey guys how you doing Good. Good. Yeah, good. It's, it's the middle of summer here, and uh, it's nice weather. Some canoe trips. Everybody's doing some canoe trips and other things. Had a few. Had a few. You know what this means? It means that Labor Day weekend's coming up, and then it's really crucial going into the final quarter of the calendar year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's when everybody goes back to business and gets going and wants to do some True. marketing, right? Calm before the storm. Close some deals. All right. Well, this is, so we want to talk about uh, closing deals. Well, not really. We want to talk about the before you close the deal. How do we get being, more deals? Being ready, being ready to close the deal. How do we get some more deals? How do we get some more chances to close deals? So we're going to look at campaign optimization, mainly paid media stuff, demand gen stuff, because we, nice. uh, you know, we talk a lot about automation and the platform side and CRM and data, but we, I think we, you know, we've got a lot of situations where uh, organizations are in the middle of, you know, they're spending money on these campaigns and we want to talk about, well, are you really getting the most out of that spend. And in some cases, you know, people might be looking to turn off these campaigns or yeah, some, some organizations are looking to, well, everyone wants more out of these campaigns, but I think the optimization process is what we want to talk about today. What really goes into understanding your performance? You know, can you be spending more? I think we've talked a lot about internally about what keeps, you know, me up at night, which is like, are we spending enough? You know, could we be spending more to get more? And, uh, you know, I think we've got some really great return on investment numbers that other companies maybe haven't got to that place yet, but, you know, or could we be spending more? And that's really, it comes down to your optimization. At what point are these campaigns, you're at that sweet spot of cost for benefit, right? Or should you be putting more resource into developing the campaigns and to get more out of them. So I think there's two things there, right? There's, can we be spending more? And then there's, can we be spending, I don't know, more efficiently? Cause I think they're both valid and they're both very, very different. hundred percent. So who wants to kick us off, Chris? This was a, a something that you brought up as a topic. Do you want to lean into yeah. this with some of your recent convos and just your, your own opinions on this? 
So yeah, so the, uh, you know, recently there's been a lot of uh, conversations with clients about, you know, they get a campaign off the ground, they get it started. And then the, the question around what is it that we should be expecting from, from, um, from this campaign or from any kind of uh, any kind of channel. So now you've got uh, these different channels that we are directing clients to, depending on what their value proposition is and who the audience is, etc. You could have LinkedIn, you could have Google, you could have Facebook, you could have Instagram. Uh, you know, perhaps some others that are maybe less sort of uh, mainstream. But the key thing is around, you know, what should we be? First of all, what should we be spending? That's that's a big question. Um, what can we expect in terms of click-throughs and uh, you know and landings, conversions, etc. Um, and then uh, the impression around what does it take to keep it going at that at that level and continuous improvement? Because you know a lot of times it's like a um, uh, an always-on campaign that basically continually sort of puts your value proposition out there. Um, it has, you have to take into account the fact that these programs are basically changing all the time. So having, uh, you know, a set and forget mentality around campaigns is not good, not good to kind of, you know, set it up, let it sort of see what happens over the course of like three months or something. So, you know, monitoring, uh, measuring, uh, managing what is happening and fine tuning is something that all that isn't always sort of considered to be you know um uh, it's not expected to be an, uh, a uh, a cost but if if you do not sort of continually monitor manage and and sort of um uh, improve that campaign you can see a really you know diminishing return and so what we try to do in in conversations with clients try to understand like that initial sort of evaluation of what campaigns are running what kind of results are you receiving from them what do you have in terms of ongoing support for those campaigns who's in there kind of continuously monitoring and for you know, uh, the percentage of times that uh, that it's been sort of like, well, I think such and such a person is doing it, or I believe that, you know, this person or that agency has control over that. It's a little bit astounding because mm -hmm. there could be like, there's obviously money being left on the table. There's uh, there's an audience that is not receiving the, the, the sort of the information that they need. Um, and, and it's almost like, what's the point of, spending money on 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 a program that is has not got the proper amount of support behind it so maybe i can jump in first because i think there's two things even before some of that chris that are critical that i think sometimes we don't see or hear when we talk with organizations so i guess the first would be what does success look like and how do we actually measure that like i don't see or hear that conversation nearly enough, but it's really ultimately going to dictate whether we should keep doing that thing or not. And the second part is, what are the roles and responsibilities? Like who takes the lead? How do we know if it's a good one? And then from there, what do we expect to happen from outcomes and actions of the team? And then you can get into all the sort of improving and optimizations. Yeah, I think, just... sorry, go ahead. 
I was just going to say about the success metrics that um, very often that's hard for an organization to quantify right out of the gate because they might not know what they should be expecting. And sometimes we have conversations saying, well, if you don't understand what that is initially, that's fine. What we'll want to do is we'll want to set benchmarks. And as we have these initial benchmarks, we want to keep monitoring those and making sure that we're continually improving. And there, there shouldn't be just one success factor because there's probably going to be a series of KPIs that you'll want to measure and you'll want to optimize those along the, the entire journey. So there's, there's a couple of different things that factor in there. Yeah, I mean, I think from an expectations perspective it, that we were talking about before the podcast, it was there is an expectation that we have to optimize the campaigns. It's not a set it and forget it to your point, Chris, we're always on. So that's one thing that I think maybe not every business leader understands that you, know, you set up something and maybe you can just not look at it for 90 days. Um, there's ever changing landscape of other people that are in that digital channel, right? So they're affecting the overall um, capability for you to have success as well, right? If they're spending more money or less money or, you know, that, that has an impact. So those things can change daily. Well, they change throughout the day, but, you know, certainly on a weekly basis, it can have a pretty big swing in terms of what you're spending. Um, maybe for some branded campaigns, you know, things that are less performance oriented, you can get away with having a slower optimization process or a more protracted optimization process, right? Where you're, you're not as like worried about the big money that's supposed to be bringing in leads or deals, micromanaging that so tightly. But I think what we're sort of leaning towards the, the success criteria, likely for a lot of the clients, they think about, well, leads, right? Or, or, the leading indicator of success towards leads, right? So those types of paid media campaigns need to be optimized and managed on a on a daily basis, basically. If if you're if you're trying to get to a place of success, right? So, Mike, let me roll reverse here and ask you the questions. Um, when is it too early or the right time to start making significant changes to the original plan? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it ties a little bit into uh, your budget, right? So if you have, if there's a budget and there's a lot of factors that could play in like the size of your audience and, and whether or not you can expect that whatever you're testing, you can, you can expect to see sort of uh, enough of an effect within within like a week or two period of time. So in some networks you can you can get to that. But I would say generally speaking, you probably don't want to pivot too hard within a three, four week period. Unless you unless your budget's very low and you started off with a very low budget and then you realize, well, it turns out after our first week or in a week and a half, we have to move up our budget. I mean, the networks will almost tell you that you have to move up your budgets. Right. I, I think you want to let the algorithm set into its its rhythm to be able to push your content in front of the right people. And and if you keep pulling levers, it never has a chance to settle into anything. So 
that would be my view. Like certainly after a solid month of looking at the campaigns and running them, I think the business leaders should be able to look back and say, how was this performing to, you know, to your point, Robin, you know, what are all those scorecard metrics that, uh, that they need to know about? Some of them are well before leads and revenue. They're not just, oh, do we close any deals with this month? I mean, I, right. you know, Chris, I think you brought it up, you know, are we seeing the right kind of traffic? I do, are we getting the click through on our ads? You know, are we getting the bounce rates that we want to see? You know, and all that kind of stuff is before, it sort of tells you whether or not you're digitally in a good place, so your digital targeting is in a good place, but then, you know, you might be falling down on your content, your messaging, your value proposition, all that stuff. Yeah, so I think that the four week time frame that you're talking about, Michael, that three to four weeks, as you're saying, you know, before that, you won't, don't want to make any major changes, but you absolutely want to be monitoring oh, yeah. um, all that traffic from the very beginning because you might start to see, well, you know what, my traffic's not actually coming from the right place. It's not the right audience. Um, they're not engaging with my landing page. They're not clicking through all these things that you can still detect. Um, and, you know, some of them might be really blatant things that you, you do want to change. So if you can see right away, you know what, I've got all this, all this audience coming from a geography that I'm not targeting. That's the kind of thing that you might want to go ahead and, and uh, modify right away. But you're, you're learning and you're understanding more about your audience and how you're gauging with the content and that you can start doing from, you know, probably about a week into the campaign. The, the platform learning about you as well is another, another factor. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from a prospective client, uh, yeah, Google doesn't work for me <laughs> or, uh, or LinkedIn doesn't work for me. It's like, well, I, I don't know what was done, but um, some, and sometimes it's like legitimately, you know, somebody brings in a, a, a student or, or a, a somebody at the initial part mm -hmm. of their career because they're technically savvy. They can sort of set these things up, but they don't know really how to run a, a marketing campaign. So they try some things, they spend some money, nothing really materializes. And then they come up, come out with the, the sort of the, the um, conclusion that this platform is just not something that will help them. And that's really unfortunate because that kind of like it limits the ability to reach their audiences. Cause as we've mentioned many more times, like many, many times on this podcast, and I'm sure every other marketing podcast, how important it is to find the audience digitally and finding where they are so that they can find out about you because your sales reps are not finding them on their phones. So sure. the, the way to kind of like wherever it is that they are, finding them, um, having the platform learn about you so that you can sort of, you know, continually reach that audience that you're targeting and then making the necessary changes as the uh, algorithms change. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, that that those things are are constantly happening. I think we've talked about this a lot too. I love the comment of the the indicators because for most organizations, at least many, the sales cycle itself is probably longer than four weeks if we're going on Mike's original, like give it a month and see how it's doing. And so even if you are driving good quality leads, hopefully with some level of buyer intent, it's still going to take some time to really materialize into something of value. And sure. we've always said, we don't know when the active sales op starts on a qualified lead. 
And so it is going to take some time. And that's where those indicators are really important to hold back to the original uh, goals of the project to say, are we feeling like we're getting there and giving it enough time to properly bake? Yeah, if you have, you know, I think there's a difference between search as well and, and then your other types of demand gen that you're doing, right? So your search campaigns, you know, there are still lots of examples where companies can be in a less competitive search scenario, right? But there are a lot of examples where it's, it's very competitive, right? So right. the search animal is going to be a lot, a lot different than, you know, a LinkedIn call to action, you know, strategy, or you're trying to bring people into a funnel process on LinkedIn, to your point, Kev, you know, in both cases, they could still take a while to close, but we, I think we, we generally see a, a, a search as being further down the funnel because they've got some intent around what it is that they're searching for. Um, you know, not always, you know, if you're trying to capture a bunch of people that are looking for how to fix a blender, you know, and, and here's the, the cheat sheet and you're getting those leads, but you really want to sell them a blender, you know, that that's probably not a good search strategy all the, all the time. But if you're looking to sell something and people are looking and searching for that thing and you appear, the process by which you optimize that is a, it, it, for a lot of clients, it, it's a beast of a process. And so I think yes. that within a four week period, you should be able to get an assessment from, you know, a professional agency that says you can like, we can make this happen, but here's what you need to know. You know, now we can see that it is far more competitive than we ever thought. Your budget actually needs to be adjusted or you need to rein it in on a geography or whatever the, the, the assessment is to be able to say, you know, we can tell there's some light here, but we're going to need to make a, a bunch of adjustments in order to go after that. And that becomes, I think, after a period of time, you know, you do like to your point, Robin, like you do want to have what success looks like from a cost of lead or cost of deal perspective, right? So at least, you know, having said all of those things, we're still, ultimately, we need to end up at a place of a $50 a lead or whatever, $180 a sale, whatever that happens to look like for the business. And, you know, I think depending on what you're selling, like, like our stuff is highly skewed because we get a lead and it really doesn't cost a lot of money if it's a search lead. And then the deals tend to be way more than we ever paid for them. But I think a lot of organizations, you know, they can kind of understand their cost per acquisition and what they are prepared to spend. So that's sort of the guiding light. And then within a month, you should be like, okay, we think we can get there, but it's going to be like, you got to give us another two months in terms of, and more budget and all this kind of stuff to make it happen. And then the business is monitoring along the way, is that cost per lead coming down? You know, is that cost per deal coming down? If it's not, then you could be in a situation and we've seen this where after a period of time, a quarter, 120 days, whatever the period of time, and there's some seasonality pieces to a lot of business, but you can, you might have to say, look, we can't compete here. It's just going to be too expensive. If we want to play in this search space, you know, we just, we can't see the cost per acquisition that works for our business. Or LinkedIn's a really good example there, given the targeting and you're effectively buying what's likely to be qualified leads from right. at least like an MQL standpoint. So you're buying further down the pipe or down the funnel, 
without necessarily the intent being there. So I think when you talk about optimization, mm-hmm. like you're right, as you're going out there with the right intentions and the right strategy, but you're going to learn things to say, you know what, though, We're, we, we thought that this particular motive or this strategy around XYZ would bring out the best of intent, but we're learning, in fact, those aren't converting for whatever reason. And then those are the optimizations, right? The learnings that sort of fuel, let's not do this, but let's double down on that. I think it's a, it's really key to call out that a lot of those learnings, you know, you can really do as much research as possible. You have the, the right creative, you've put everything forward in the best way possible when you launch the campaign there are things that you're not going to be able to learn until that campaign is in market. So those optimizations don't mean, oh, we did something, uh, we didn't do something properly or, or we missed something. That's not the case at all. You might, you might say in advance, this is going to be a competitive market, but until you're actually a couple of weeks in there, you're not going to know the level or how competitive it is. And that brings it back to that whole point of, of why optimizations are so important. And there has to be an expectation that when you launch this campaign, you're going to need to modify, you're going to need to make some changes, you're going to need to optimize, and you might have to you know, change what some of your initial approach is and that that is something you should be expecting from the beginning. That's such a great comment. I think the two sort of thoughts of mine that build off that, Robin, is like learnings are good. They're like, you know, hopefully we didn't go waste a whole bunch of money in the last four weeks, um, but we're going to learn how to get closer to that bullseye to your point. And, and that's really key. The other thing I think is industry benchmarks, even really comparable organizations or competitors like I just think every organization is different because every organization has a different process a different way they go to market different uh, sales professionals following up like slightly different Mm -hmm. messaging every Mm -hmm. single variable is at least a little bit different which then produces a wildly different experience for prospects which may work for some more than others and so the key is that ongoing learning piece to continue to then optimize the process for you, your business, just because there is so much difference in these organizations, even if you're selling the relatively the same solution to the same audience. Yeah, and I think you know the the point you made on LinkedIn as a push, you know, when you're when you're thinking of the messaging, it dawned on me that 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 sort of three week period, you know, you think to yourself, well, how long? If, if we have to then put another ad out and another ad out until we can continue op- optimize, you know, that can turn into, you know, many weeks. And I think that sort of ties into sort of the budget conversation, right? And the strategy conversation at the beginning to say, if, if you don't have, if you're still, you're not only targeting, you're testing sort of your ability to target and bring people into a funnel, but, but frankly, that targeting is kind of like, I would say for the most part, is pretty straightforward for most businesses. You know, we want to go after a certain type of business in this geography. Well, you can do that targeting kind of really well now on these networks, and you pretty much have to rely that those that the, the, your your content will make it in front of the right people. You know, these were like maybe years ago there was some fuzziness and there was a lot more going on there, but I think today you're not really testing whether or not LinkedIn can deliver you a piece in front of your right audience. It's more that we're testing whatever your message actually is. So then in the strategy, you might go out and say, well, this is the first time we've ever done it. You know, we're not moving from maybe print campaigns that, you know, we really know work well. So if we just 
try to port that over. And that's still a test, but we're trying to port that over and see if that'll work on digital and what is our baseline now. If it's more like an organization, it's like we've never really done a lot of digital marketing. We've grown this on the back of sales and we say a lot of things when we're in deals, but now I've got an ad unit sliding up. Well, maybe we need to go out with five different, you know, pieces of creative within a, within a reasonable period of time to really iterate through which one's going to work because you might, you might have a, this, that, and the other thing in a free demo, or we're the best and, you know, get a free white paper or let us quote your project, like whatever that happens to be, those are all different. And they're all going to, to your point, Kev, they're all going to resonate kind of like in a different way, depending on who your audience is. And um, that I think is, is a, is a area where a lot of people get frustrated because they're like, well, we've been running LinkedIn to your point, Chris, you know, LinkedIn worked, we didn't, didn't work for us. It's like, well, what, what exactly was the ad unit? You know, where were you sending them? All those things really need to work together. And we've had campaigns. We know that we thought were the, you know, oh, this is going to be great. And it all lined up top to bottom in our minds, total failure, total failure for, you know, a couple, couple thousand bucks. That was a learning. Thanks, but, marketing. But, the, <laughs> yeah, but every but business know, is different. Right? Yeah, like every business <laughs> yeah. is so different. Like even if you take like one category, uh, CRM, okay, uh, you've got your sort of handful of market leaders. You may even have as a market challenger, you might have better messaging, more on point, better creative. You still might not even perform better than the 10,000 pound gorilla like yeah. so no two things are equal and you just yeah. have to sort of play to your strengths to your brand to your audience where you belong in the market or at least where you're perceived mm -hmm. so, there's an endless number of variables in there yeah and you just brought up testing mike so that's another important thing right and in the course of optimization that if you're not a hundred percent sure what's going to work best you want to go out there with different test options of how you're going to uh, engage from a messaging, right, from a call to action to uh, where you're going to capture the lead in a, in a form or on a landing page. Um, all of those things are really important for the optimization process as well. Yeah. That's Key why, we, you know, that's why webinars and, and I think, you know, as much as we kind of like but there's, they're not necessarily viewed as the most innovative thing in the world. I think that they still can work. And partly why they work is that there's a purpose, there's a certain type of person out there. And this kind of goes back to the audience side. Is there a certain type of individual that would rather go to something that has a purpose behind it? I'd like to go learn about that thing rather than see something in my feed. And I'm just trying to keep up to date with whatever I might be doing at the time. And, oh, you know, get pulled in, right? Not everybody... And it doesn't matter how great the creative is, not everybody wants to go through that type of a funnel, right? Uh, lots of people do. And if it's great creative and you can get sucked in and I have, and we all have here, it works really well, but, but there's still a lot of people out there. And that's kind of going back to like knowing your audience, right? If you're, not everyone's gonna be on LinkedIn, not everyone's gonna be on search. So what other, what other channels, to your point, Chris, earlier, like they could be lesser known places, whether it's a, a, a media outlet that has an opportunity to go do a webinar, but you know that that is your audience and they read from that right. media outlet. And that's a way for you to kind of build, bring your brand to those organizations and bring them into a funnel. So um, I just thought I'd throw, throw that out there. Like, you know, you could have 
And this might've been the case for ours, you know, it just wasn't the type of message that resonated when someone's scrolling within their LinkedIn feed, but maybe it would have worked really well if we had put it through a different channel. Yeah. Or even just right sizing, let's just call it marketing assets with whatever particular sales stage they might be at. Cause I think webinars might to your point, they can work for top of funnel and they can work for bottom of funnel. You've got to have the messaging, the content, just general subject matter be on point then with the targeting to sort of support it. So it's all got to work together. I would say high level though. <clears throat> sure. Sure. Something like well, webinar format can work at all stages of the sales funnel. The one thing I was going to mention about the way that, um, that business owners, um, kind of look at spend, um, is kind of interesting. Cause if you think about, um, uh, a business that, that knows that a particular, let's say for, for example, there's a virtual, um, uh, virtual seminar or a, a virtual, uh, conference that's going on and they know that they can get their message in front of the audience that they know is a good candidate for them, whether it's, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's uh, uh, whether whether it's any of the verticals that we deal with or it's a particular kind of um, uh, particular uh, uh, role in an organization that they want to get in front of. And they know that they can get that particular exposure for a flat amount. They can get their head around the fact that it's going to be this much money and I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to roll the dice on that. $5,000 spend to kind of get that sponsorship to get in front of that 5,000 people with a message that I know is going to basically attract a certain amount and I can live with that. Yep. There's so much more kind of uh, uncertainty around paid, you know, paid channels, like sort of mm. how much is it going to cost? Well, the one thing that you've got to sort of align yourself with is either an agency or an individual that knows that there's that initial amount of testing that needs to go in. We need to find the right amount of search to, to basically make it make sense. So if you're not getting out the right amount of search, don't put any money into it, or at least like control your spend until you get that sort of that right, that right amount, you know, fiddle with it till you get that right amount. And then once you get that optimization, then you can start pouring it in. But it's a combination of science and art to kind of get there. And that's where I feel like it's a lot easier for business leaders that sort of built their businesses on the back of sales, like Mike was talking about before, that can sort of understand, hey, it's a seminar, there's, you know, a thousand people going to it, they're the directors of service or whatever it is that buys our product. I want to get something in front of them and it's going to cost me five grand fine. If I've got a, uh, we don't know where the, that thousand people are in the uh, consideration phase of a, a type of product like you have. So it's really rolling the dice. If you get this, the, the search right, you can basically be filling your funnel with people that are actually searching for that particular thing. And that's where sort of the difference can be made. So um, sure. I think that there's like a couple of things around understanding how the, how these, uh, these channels work and how paid mm -hmm. works. That is not, it's not common knowledge. It's not easy to find and you'll have more than enough agencies that are prepared to take your money without really uh, appreciating or, or, sharing the fact that, hey, it is a test and learn to start off with. It is, we look for those benchmarks before we start really investing your money. And, 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 like, I, and I know. think that on just on this theme of an agency, I think that 
there is a level, and this is something that, you know, we're learning as well. And we, we, I think we do a pretty good job in this area, but we will, you know, continue to drive this emphasis that the explanations of how, how the channels are performing and kind of where we see this progressing for a particular customer's, you know, business or a unit of their business or a product line or whatever, that really is a more senior conversation. And, and it's really done by strategists and, you know, certainly people that are on this podcast and, and folks that are not just a senior practitioner. I think that's where we've certainly seen in, in many cases where they'll hire a skilled individual within a paid channel, but they lack, they lack that senior marketing, you know, the strategy level marketing resource that can bridge the gap. What are we actually trying to achieve from the business? You know, what are mm -hmm. we seeing here? And what does that mean in terms of what we'll do next? And, and, and so I just wanted to add that in because I feel like that's partly a value that you get from an agency. And unless the agency is sort of pitting you down to sort of like just get it from the, the account lead and that's going to be the extent of the resource that you're going to get from us as an agency. I do think that a lot of that it's better suited from a, from a, from a more senior individual that can help bridge that gap. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, cause I think, I think you so often sort of get that, um, you know, pigeonholed into, Hey, let's try something on Google. Okay, sure. Let's like, let's, let's go and, and sort of try something. Um, ah, didn't work. Uh, yeah. So like really sort of like having that, that higher level view, being able to, to, uh, to under, like, yes, understand how it works from a technical standpoint, but basically draw it back to actually the business, uh, the business growth mm -hmm. goals and, and properly sort of positioning it within the overall marketing plan. Yep. Kev? Oh, the only other comment I want to make, it was not related to that. I think that's a great point, Mike, was, um, and perhaps this is a, a different podcast uh, subject altogether, but Robin hinted at it. So I wanted to at least acknowledge it was um, mm -hmm. the sort of process of methodology for testing and optimizing. I mm -hmm. think one opportunity to sort of tighten things up is to not try to test everything all at once, but have a structure to what you're going to test, how long that testing cycle will go. Yeah. Like what you're trying to sort of understand, is it the blue button or the green button that's going to drive more conversions? And from there, systematically go through and say, we've got, I don't know, four tests we hope to accomplish over 16 weeks. And by the end of it, we think we'll have four separate variables locked into what performs best and see how they, all the best functioning pieces work together as part of the whole picture. But I just think that's overlooked as well as we'll just test everything. And then you don't really know what was working in the version that actually performed better. Awesome. Well, I think that just about does it for optimizations, unless anybody else has something they want to throw in. I think we've covered a lot here. Okay. So, so do optimize your campaigns or no? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. Yeah. Every day, yes. just every day. If you haven't listened to anything else on the podcast, the bottom line is optimize your campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thanks everyone. That was great. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Peace out.